From the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. We're mass communicating. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. This is the End of the Line Podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I give it a, uh, a 10. A 10. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. And now, here's your host, Rocky LaFleur. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Also starring Josh Webb, Jake LaTondras, Rob Kroon, David Ellis, and Ramsey Russell. Showtime. Right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. Showtime, everybody! Showtime! Welcome to the End of the Line podcast. I'm Rocky LaFleur in the Duck South Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Joining me from the road in Arkansas. I'll forgive you this time for not having a cord since you're on the road. I'm crew. Morning. It is Monday. Let's start off with this, because you and I got a lot, 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 lot to cover today. So, hey, listen, if you don't like Ole Miss or Mississippi State or SEC football, you, you just hang up now. Don't don't even listen to the rest of this podcast. If you don't like duck cutting in the first part and you don't like SEC football in the second part, just get this one. This is a lot to cover today. So let's talk about let's talk about hunting first. What was the opener like? It was really good. It's been real good. The only thing I'm upset about, to be honest with you, is I only killed one butterball in the first split, and I'm tore up about it. Mostly green. Yeah, I'd be pissed too then. Yeah. I mean, I even had my butterball wonder duck out. Just spinning, <laughs> just a spinning. Old Charlotte Jean, she's spinning around in the water. Sorry. Hey, so all right, so I saw your your bluebill. I don't know if that was a video or in a our group message or or where it was, but the thing that stood out to me about that video is I've seen a, a, a bluebill spinner. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, you had a widget, didn't you? Yes, sir. In the same video? Yeah. I've never a seen widget. a widget spinner. I got a widget, and I got a, a butterball, and I'd appreciate it if you would quit calling them uh, bluebills. They're butterballs. Thank you. I, who made the who made the widgeon for real? I've never seen one. Wonder Duck made them. I love it, man. It's perfect. It's like it's like you know people show up to hunt with me, and I got a a, a, a butterball and a widgeon Wonder Duck, and they're like, "What the? What is this guy doing?" And two hours later, they're like, "Oh, I see." It was a theme beauty. I like that. It was a theme oh, of beauty. You should see it. You should see it in action. So, from the way it looks to me, I don't want to go into great detail about about numbers, but it, it looks like overall the hunting in Tennessee and Arkansas, which kind of both open, and Mississippi over the weekend, 
it, it was it was Arkansas started week before last, but it it looks like to me everybody had a great opener. Lots of yeah, lots I'm of glad, birds. I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see you got your season dates figured out. Yeah, the guys in Tennessee did really good uh, for the opener. They killed a bunch of mallards when you know usually in Tennessee you get kind of mixed bags and stuff early, but. There was a bunch there, and then Mississippi seemed like they did pretty good. It's been steady, man. I'm, I've been pretty impressed. You know, it warmed up there, and I was worried we were going to lose some back to Tony V, my man crush. Uh, but anyway, it looks like we're holding them pretty good. I, I, I still believe – I still have my theory on why that's happening. But uh, anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad it's here and everything's good. Now I get a little break. Uh, till Saturday, and then I'm going to crank back up in Tennessee there. All right, so you posted a video, which a lot of people saw before the season opened. A lot of birds. A lot of birds on y'all's, y'all's holding, kind of holding lake or rest area. I don't know if y'all hunt there or not, but it was a lot of ducks in that video. What happened when y'all started shooting? I mean, have they, have they decreased since pressure went up? Yeah, they do a little bit, but the main reason they'll – the main issue we have is the water. So what happens is when the river gets up, the big river's fixing to jump again, so that's going to affect stuff. You know, it's good for the guys on those islands and, you know, some places, but we really – when it gets real high is when I start getting in the – on the big water. Uh, just because they kind of get a, get away from – it kind of sucks them. The river, that river – when the big river gets up, it sucks them back to it. So you got to kind of adapt, you know, you can't kill them on the couch there 2020. I mean, if you want to go to your same old spot and sit there and have fellowship and cook some eggs and bacon on your griddle and talk about the good old times, you know, go ahead and do it. But if you want to go kill them, you better get a boat. I can sell you one. You need one. It helps. Uh, and get after them. You can't, can't sit there and expect the same, you know, can't sit in the rice field and expect the same stuff to happen in the first. You know, they did. Everybody did good the first week. And they're gonna sit there next week and can't figure out why all the ducks went. This this cold that just came through yesterday, with this hard northwest wind, it it should have pushed some new birds in. Yeah, I believe it just did. at the right I mean, time. We, it blew my hat off twice. I was in a high velocity situation. I turned that bad boy around. <laughs> Oh, I turned that bad boy around. I took it off one time and tightened her up. almost gave myself a headache. <laughs> I got to tell, gotta tell you this before I forget. So when I was leaving Thursday, I, I left Thursday after uh, lunch there, and I, I was leaving my neighborhood, and lo and behold, my neighbors on Thanksgiving Day are out there raking their stupid leaves. <laughs> I'm like, it's freaking Thanksgiving. Go eat some canned cranberry. Watch football. <laughs> oh. Dude, I, I'm beginning to believe that your neighbors are Clark Griswold's neighbors in Christmas Vacation for real. Yes. 100%. That's how you described them one time, and I'm beginning to believe that. I don't know, Margo. 
Why is that guy driving down the road again? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> Golly. Now, hey, before before we jump over to the next next topic, um, look, Duck South journals are on sale. I have a yeah, few I'm, left. I'm, I'm so mad at you, Rocky, because if you remember, I texted you like a month ago. I was like, hey, man, do you have any journals left? I need one because I keep I one every year. I have for 20 years. You said, no, no, we don't have any. Sorry. And then you post on there for they're for sale. You posted there for sale. I threw my phone across the room. I was so mad. I, I did. Like, I thought we were. I thought we were. I will send you this. one. This I didn't all, have any at the all, time. Yeah, this all revolves around the stupid headset. I know it does. This is all because I didn't buy my adapter for the headset, and that's okay. But I'm I'm really upset. I will send you one. I will send you. Hey, we'll but get if, yours. Oh, look, while you're listening to this, go to Duck South, and we'll post a link today. Get yours, and I'm going to send Rob one. So get Rob back yeah, on I'm it. Yeah, I'm going to keep this I'll send up. you one. I'll, I'll make a deal there. with you right now. If you get back to the uh, the boat shop this week, I'll send you one for free if you'll shoot uh, one of those grand old commercials for me. Oh, that's not a problem. I need to get that's rid of them before Christmas. I just, matter of fact, your text may have set off the the kind of the chain of events that made me order, put going to get that big order in. Because it yeah, was just, yeah, you didn't I, just I, I just placed the order, uh, I guess, uh, probably about two weeks ago. Yeah, but you didn't think about your buddy Rob, did you? No. I, you got the leather cover. All you need is the inside part, right? Okay, well, I've been, I've been on your ass enough. We'll move on. But look for that and Rob's commercial for the Ducks House Journal. I'm sure it'll be great this week. Yeah. All right, so, look, before we dive off into the deep, 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 deep end of the pool, we we got to cover this. Alabama and Auburn. Um, was, was that not a game for the decades? There were so awesome. many things happening in that game. That I, I thought about you the 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 whole time I'm watching this game. I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be great for Monday. This is going to be awesome. The yeah, the, the first mean, the, the first is the only team to ever get a snap and a kick down in one second before the before the end of uh, the first half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Gus Malzahn is the luckiest person to ever live. He's got to be. But this is, I'm not, I mean, that game was great. Alabama's had two games like this this year where the LSU game felt like the national championship. And that Auburn game was probably the most fun game to watch this year. It's got to be. Got to be. So, you got a bunch of stuff going on. You got let's start here. Let, 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 let's okay. start here. Let me ask you this. This is what I've been thinking about and what I wanted to ask you the whole time. Two is a quarterback and healthy. How much does Alabama win that game by? I'm not sure because Matt Jones didn't play bad. And their defense, man, I mean, they, where did they, what happened to Alabama's defense? Like, what, what, what happened? Where did they go? I'm not expecting people 
out like they used to. But you can't allow 40 points and expect to win. I agree with that. But 14 of those points were interception returns for touchdowns. Yeah, well, but Alabama also had a, you know, a kickoff return, and that Waddle guy had like 46 touchdowns. It all goes back to Steve Steve Sarkeesian. I've been saying this all year. They're they're not right. They're not the same team. And you know what's really crazy? Of all the places that should have a freaking kicker, it would be Alabama. And you know who the special teams coach is, right? He used to be at Ole Miss, correct? My, My spirit animal, Nick Saban. Oh, he's the special teams coach. So how in the hell can they not kick a freaking field goal? I mean, hold some trials at school. There's got to be somebody that can make a freaking 30-yard field goal. And, uh, and, and when's, the, when's, when's the last time you watched the Alabama team have so many stupid penalties. Like, how how can you not substitute and and have 11 people on the team? This is stuff that they don't usually do, and that's why they're getting beat. They have the players. We all know that. They're getting beat because they're beating themselves. And, that and you know, that happens. I mean, that's part of football. But it, that doesn't usually happen to a Nick Saban team. So I think, something going I on. think that – I think Saban got outcoached. Saturday. That's the first time I've seen him get out coached since since Freeze. Out coached him in fourteen. It's probably because he's doing those uh those commercials now. Regions and uh insurance company. He's probably too he's probably too busy shooting them commercials and not in the film room. Young lady. You don't need that. <laughs> I, I'm not ready. Look, I will. I will never. He, he is the greatest college football coach of all time. I'm not ready to say it's over the dynasty. I'm not ready to say that. A lot of people are trying to say it. No, it's not over. But you know, you got to get. He's got to get his coordinators right, and. That's that's until that happens, they're going to be a two-loss team or a one-loss team. It doesn't matter. But you know that's that's how it's going to go. All right. Well, let's let's talk about after the game because I know that you've got to go there. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this on, on the air, and I'm probably going to catch a lot of heck for it. There's a lot of people in Auburn that. Uh, got lucky Saturday night with some. Man, what about the ladies, the the the, the milfs jumping into the bushes? That's been something that's talk, been talked about a lot. That one old gal got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> the second one, the, the first one was she just sent it. She just she just she just went through it like a like a freaking pulling guard. That second old gal, she got hung up pretty bad. I thought they was going to have to crane her out of there. <laughs> I was, I was genuine, genuine. I was concerned. 
can't even talk. I've had two bangs. I was concerned for the lady. The, you're talking about the blonde, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one that got stuck in the bushes. They got her yeah. out, but she was in there for just yeah, she was in there for a good thirty seconds. You know, there's been pictures that came out of her zoomed-in pictures. of You could just see her eyes through the bushes. It reminded me of the guy that made the Invisichero on Duck style. <laughs> Speaking of bushes, remember when that Mississippi State player peed in the bushes during the game? <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Never forget it. I'm, Never forget it. When you gotta go, when you gotta go, you gotta go. I, I, let me ask you this: What will the what was the running back for for Auburn? What is, what is his? Do you remember his name? He had a great game Saturday night. Uh, no, I can't remember his name. Quarterback is Bo Bo Nix, of course. But how, right. how many kids ten months from now being born will be named Bo? Bo, and then, then the running backs game. <laughs> Several. But you know the the thing is the Auburn fans I, I've said this before but they're 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 really intense. I mean you know LSU's up there number one but they're right behind them. Yeah, you had them ranked real high in one of our last conversations. Yeah, because they are. All right, look, this is where we we, we we've got we're going to spend a few minutes on this. I'm going to start from the beginning. Go to the end. Something near and dear to both of us. The Ole Miss, the the saga that's been going on at Ole Miss, and I think the the only place that you can start is the Friday before Thanksgiving. So it would have been six days out. Keith Carter. Is that, is that where we can start? Right there. Is that good with you? Yeah, probably. I think I think everybody else is probably called up to there. Keith Carter's named the athletics director at Ole Miss, which I thought, I think, still think, is a great hire. No Keith. Keith and I are our friends. His son played baseball team uh, for my team the past couple of years. Uh, great guy. Great head on his shoulders. But, but, I think that, do you agree with me in saying that he made a mistake uh, at his first press conference in saying that Matt Luke will? He didn't say may um, or a good chance or anything. He said Matt Luke will be the coach in 2020. He is our guy. Do you think that was a mistake? No, I don't. He had to say that. You, you can't. I mean, you you got to do that, and it, it's big business. I mean, it's, it, it, I can give you good and bad, you know, scenarios for this whole deal. So, but it had to happen. I mean, I hate it for Matt, but it wasn't working. I mean, there, too many games were lost because of coaching. Um, oh, I, you know, I agree. I, I, I hate that Keith had to do it. It doesn't <laughs> matter, you know, but. It's just the way it is. And Matt will get picked up somewhere as offensive line coach because he's very good at that. And he'll be fine. But it had to happen. And I'm tired of hearing about he's an old Miss guy. He all, I don't care. You, if you can't do your job, it doesn't matter where you went to school. 
I mean, if you mm-hmm. work for your family, if you if you work for your family and business, and you 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 ruin the business, or you can't you can't run the business or manage it, then you're just it, it does, you got to go. It doesn't matter. No. It's the same situation. Let me tell you something. That shit went out the window when tickets went up to a hundred dollars a piece. It went out the window. I don't care who you yeah. are. You are in the scoreboard business. You better have more. I don't care if you love Ole Miss. I don't care if you hate Ole Miss. If you're the coach of Ole Miss or Mississippi State or LSU, whoever it may be, you better be worried about the points on the scoreboard. That's all you have to worry about. Yep. You have more than the other team. So let me let me tell you this, just, just from some things that I know and have heard, the week leading up to the Egg Bowl. Let's go from there, from timeline, timeline perspective. You know, Matt Luke has been talked about he's a player's coach. He's a player's coach. Well, the problem is being a player's coach, um, you, you excuse some things that uh, a CEO wouldn't. You're kind of friends with your players. Um, deep relationship, emotional connections. Was that is that a good way of putting that? You think, and that's that's how yeah, Luke absolutely. was. Yeah, you think Nick Saban's friends with his players? Hell no. Exactly. Heck no, man. He he, he runs it like he runs it like a corporation. He is the CEO of a corporation. See, the the thing about people, for those of you that don't know a lot about Ole Miss, kind of goes back to what Rob was saying. We've always ran, Ole Miss has always been ran by what's been called the good old boys. And Alabama used to be the world's worst about the good old boys running things. In, until 2007, Mal Moore um, made the biggest decision uh, probably the Southeastern Conference of getting rid of just hiring a good old boy as a coach. You know, for years and years, they had had former players, former um, assistants come in and coach Alabama. Well, he wanted somebody to run it like a business. And he hired Nick Saban. He almost got cold feet, man. I don't know if you remember that, but he, he, he what was the West Rich? Was it Rich Rod? West Virginia? Who was that he almost yeah. hired from when that was going on? Boy, would that have been a mistake. Woo! Holy smoke. And so Ole Miss has kind of followed that pattern. We always they, they always hire people that love Ole Miss. Look, loving Ole Miss went out the window. Like I said, when it became $100 a ticket, $500 a seat donation, all that crap went out the window. It's not about loving anything anymore. This is a business. It's black and white. There's no gray involved. So anyway, so what I'm hearing, Rob, and you comment on this, from what I'm hearing here in Oxford, leading up to the Egg Bowl, it was a lot of rah-rah. And, and Matt, I love Matt. Don't know him. See him dropping kids off at school. But there's a lot of rah-rah leading up to that Egg Bowl led by him. He, there's no hiding it. He doesn't like Mississippi State at all. 
so let's get to the egg bowl. I'm sure you're 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 watching it just like everybody else. Very, very probably the most exciting egg bowl in a while from a game perspective as you're watching the actual game. Doesn't matter whose name is on the jersey, it's a good game. You agree with that? Yeah. Did you do you realize how long that game lasted? Woo! Man, it was it was ten a ten or ten thirty. I felt like I'd been I'd watched like four different games. <laughs> the que- better question is, how many beers had you had throughout that entire game? <laughs> uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five buckets. <laughs> oh. They were the five. five they were the five five uh, whole buckets too. I never can figure out people's definitions of buckets. Sometimes you get four, sometimes you get six, but where did five come from? I can tell you that at the Horseshoe in Tunica, Mississippi, at the sports book, that's what they serve you. Five long neck Bud Lights in a bucket. And I didn't I never questioned it, but if somebody can explain to me why that some people do four, some people do six, five, I've never seen that before. Well, as all of you that probably listen to this podcast probably watch that game, um, 21-14, Ole Miss drives the ball with, what, there's seven seconds left on the clock. Oh, Elijah Moore, number eight, dives into the end zone, catches a pass from Matt Corral. See, I think that that was the beginning of the end for Luke. Let's start right there. Let's start right there. I think from – Lynn Boyce, Keith Carter, people watching that, big money alumni. I think when they saw him give up on Plumlee and put Corral, which is pretty much he, before Luke was fired, has been pretty much announced he was transferring uh, to a Pac-12 school, either Oregon or one of the Arizona schools, high possibility. Right. I think when they saw, people saw that happen, because Luke had stood behind Plumley, but he knew that he was not going to win that game with Plumley, which kind of sounds bass backwards. Um, he puts Corral in. Corral brings him back. Um, Elijah Moore dives into the end zone with seven seconds left, whatever it was, seven or eight oh, seconds. Stop right there. Stop right there. I had – let's stop right there. I had Ole Miss minus one, and I had the under 59. Okay? Now go ahead and tell the rest of them. So he, he dives into the end zone. He crawls to the back of the end zone, which we all know we watched, but he hikes his leg, copying DK Metcalf from 17. Now, a lot of people have said, let's talk about this for a second, Rob. Do you, you, you can't agree, you can't agree with Metcalf doing it back in 17 if you don't agree with Moore doing it in 19. See, there's a couple of reasons I disagree with that, and I'm sure that you will agree with what I have to say. Number one, dude, 
if people really knew and understood what Mississippi State has done to put Ole Miss in the position that they are as far as the NCAA right now, I, I told somebody the other day, if Ole Miss would have won that game, I wish every player on the team would have went out to the Mississippi State uh, sign. This is a Bulldog fan I'm talking to. Hike their legs and act like they're really pissing on it. Because Mississippi State played the biggest part in Ole Miss going down with the NCAA. Oh, they, they, they were instrumental. Now, I agree in 17 doing it, and here's why. They're getting cussed out. DK Metcalf and uh, A.J. Brown from the fans. The whole game. It was horrendous. They are catching hell that game. Number two, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, if Mississippi State had played a part in bringing Ole Miss down, Dan Mullen was the freaking gas that burned it up. That was DK Metcalf's way of to the fans, to Dan Mullen of the Mississippi State. Piss on y'all. I own this place. I'm marking my territory. We win. I agree with that emotional decision. Was it the right one? No. Do I agree with it? At the time, wrapped up as a as a player, maybe. Do you agree? Yes. Now, back to nineteen. Elijah Moore. Dump, dives into the end zone, hikes his leg. The idiot forgot that he's behind a point. He didn't just tie the game. Do you think that he thought that he tied the game? What What was he thinking? In Rob Kroon's thoughts, what do you think he was thinking right there? I don't think he was, but, I mean, he obviously had planned that beforehand, and, you know, He's underperformed so bad. Did you see him? He called a punt and then called for a fair catch after he called the punt. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a great so, point. You know, if you're going to do that and and hike your leg, then yeah, let's let's back up, uh, Playboy. Let's uh, let's 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 hold up. Well, I totally forgot about that. All right, here's yeah, the he second called, point. He, or here's the third point of where Matt Luke lost his job. Number two was Elijah Moore hiking his leg, okay? You you agree, right? That's the second part of him losing, a second reason for him to lose his job. The third, which is... I agree with that, but it was a little deeper than that, but go ahead. The third part that I want to say was instrumental in him getting fired. You just... Act like you peed on the field. You got a personal foul. You walk off to the sidelines. You get a belt thrown on you by the coaching staff. I think that that, the NWO, not nasty wideouts belt, scoring belt or whatever it is they get when they score, or but they threw that belt on him. In celebration, this guy just got you backed up 15 yards, and you're throwing a belt on him, the NWO belt. I think that that was huge. He should have lit into his ass when he came off that field. The whole coaching staff. Yep. Yep. Then, all right, 
So everybody knows the rest of the story of the game. Um, actually put Elijah Moore back in the game on the kickoff, the onside kick, which Ole Miss did not get. Um, they lose the game by a point, uh, which really and truly, they had a chance to win that game. Um, I don't think anybody, when they laid their head down Thursday night, had any clue that within four days it would cost Matt Luke his job. There was, I'm telling you, man, from people that know, there was 0% chance Matt Luke is getting fired. Even Friday, all day Friday. Zero. Well, both teams should have lost. It was that they played that bad. Both teams. They both should have lost. Who would have ever? If I would have told you last week, hey, one coach is going to lose his job after the Egg Bowl. Who would you have said? Uh, Well, I would have said Chad Morris gets fired for the second time. But no, I guess I would have said Morehead. But Morehead, Morehead got an extension, which is the greatest thing that's ever happened. I mean, <laughs> there is no way around it. I mean, he's, the dude got an extension. He's the worst football coach in the SEC. Worse than Chad Morris. He's, he's worse than Chad Morris. I agree. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it played out so well for Ole Miss. You know, we lost a game. Yeah. You know, there were so many people pulling for State to lose where they could, in the back of their mind, where they could fire Moorhead. They end up winning the game. He gets extended, and uh, what what was his quote after the game? You're going to have to drag my Yankee ass out of here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Raw. Everybody got behind him, man. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're behind him, all right with their hands on his back trying to push him out of the door or push him in the Mississippi River. <laughs> All right, so Saturday, Ole Miss is the loser of the Egg Bowl. I'm telling you, man, the t- I talked to somebody Saturday that I'm not saying that I'm some kind of insider or my friends are insiders, but a couple of people that know, he was still the coach. He was going to be the coach. All right, so Saturday, there is a article written by uh, what's his name, Pete. Um, Tamil, Tamil, I think is his yeah. name. That gets that goes wild on Twitter. That article went nuts. Now, along with that, it keeps getting played over and over on ESPN. The whole deal with Elijah Moore. You know, it, it's really a bad look. Matt Luke's lost control of the team. Really, really bad look for Ole Miss. Really bad look. So, during the day on Saturday, this snowball that was just a small little snowflake starts rolling down the hill. And just say by Sunday, I mean, Luke, been told he's keeping his job. He's out. Him and coaches are out on the road recruiting. And I'll say this: there, there's a couple of people with a lot of money that have only donated to academics 
at Ole Miss, never given a penny to athletics that put money money in to buy him out um, and the coaching staff out because of the embarrassment that they felt the, the bad light that was being cast on Ole Miss. Is that what you've heard? Yeah. Yes. There was one major donor that uh, for the athletic-wise, but a, a couple of more that threw into the pot because they didn't have the money. I'm telling you now, Ole Miss did not have the money, 16 or $17 million, to buy the coaching staff out. The worst mistake that was ever made was, you know, I actually just read about and found out in the past couple of days was, you know, Ross Bjork did not want to hire Luke. Can't fault him for that. Bitter pushed him into it. The president at Ole Miss pushed him into hiring Luke. The thing you can fault Bjork with is the contract that was set up for Luke. Pretty much in in the state of Mississippi, any employee can't give it a four-year deal. Well, Luke got a six. Um, what's the what's the agent from Memphis that Everett Sexton? Sexton. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Sexton. Well, he set up Luke's deal to be a six-year deal that he got automatic rollovers throughout the uh, the time when Ole Miss was in a bowl band. So we pretty much got a uh, six-year deal. Screwing over Ole Miss. I can't believe that Bjork, you know, there's not many faults in Bjork's uh, chinks in his armor to me, but that is one of them. That was, I've always thought that he did a great job, but when I found, read about that, geez, awful, awful yeah. deal. All right, so I've been talking a lot. So Rob Kroon. We're writing out a wish list, a Christmas wish list, coach wish list. Give me three coaches that are on your wish list for Ole Miss, head coach. Number one, Chad Morris. Oh, God, whatever. I like, uh, I really, if I could have my pick, would get normal. Because um, he knows the recruiting area. He's a good coach. He knows how to run an offense, unlike Rich Rodriguez or Matt Luke. Um, you know, I, I think I, he's my number one. I don't know if it'll happen, but, you know, you throw four million at him a year, three and a half, whatever, and say, come down to big boy football. Maybe he'd think about it. I don't know. He may have it made Memphis. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know that situation. Um, there's a couple of coordinators I like, but – you know, when it all comes down to it, I don't really know. I mean, a lot of people didn't like the freeze hire, and look what he did. So, I, I don't know. And I don't know how long you got to go down the list. I mean, I would love to have my, uh, Mike Leach, but I, I can't see him working in Oxford. I can't see that them I – can't, I can't see them thinking his little niche is funny there. So, I, I don't know about that. Um, any of these hot dudes right now, the Iowa State coach, the – I mean, there's so many coaches right now that are young and doing good because they know how to run an offense. And that's what we got to have. If we could somehow keep McIntyre and make him like a co 
head coach or something, give him some role and get Norville or one of these hot coaches that know how to run offense, we, we'd be all right. Now, you know, we're going to have to recruit, and Peeler's a good recruiter. Hopefully we can hang on to him and Nick's. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, I don't know the perfect storm here. I really don't. I mean, I just, at this point, hope that, you know, we get somebody good quick. I know that's asking a lot. There was a lot of smoke to the Norvell Hawks last night. I'll just say that. A lot of people are going to call BS on me about Norvell's not coming to Ole Miss. Look, I'll say this. He's either coming to Ole Miss or he's using Ole Miss as a negotiating with Florida State. I'm just telling you, man, there was a lot of stuff going on last night between Norvell and and Ole Miss. My second on my list that that I kind of deep down hope for. I'm telling you, Norvell gets the job. I'm buying season tickets again. I'm buying my six again. Now, Kiffin, um, Lane, I think Lane ends up at Arkansas. Either him or Fuente, Justin Fuente is going to end up at Arkansas. But is there anybody else that fits in the Ole Miss crowd more than Lane? No, he would be awesome, and I would love that hire. I just can't see it happening. I mean, you're talking about you talking about being a burr under the saddle of Mississippi State fans. He would go, holy jeez, man! Be awesome, and on the recruiting trail with with Orgeron and and Saban. Oh man, he'd get after it with them. Be awesome. I'd love it. To me, see if you agree with this. The safer bet is Norvell. I don't think I don't think Norvell's floor, you know, is as low as Kiffin. Uh, I, I think, think that with, I, I just think, think if you could somehow pull Norvell, that it's almost like it's almost like taking less of a gamble or a safer hire, and I think the fan base would like it. There's a lot of people like me that would love to see Kiffin, and I get that. But I think that, you know, if you can get him first, you have to. And I would, if you can get him now, it's even better. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize I, I he's not, playing in the championship game this weekend coming up in this conference. I had no idea. Yeah, they played in it. They're, hell, they're awesome. They played in it three years in a row or something. He's not making it 900000 a year. <clears throat> as a head coach of FAU. Yeah, I mean, you bump that up to three and a half, you give him bowl incentives and stuff, you know. I mean, it's hard to turn down. I think his ceiling is a little bit higher than Norvell's, but I think his floor is lower. You know, it's, it's, yeah, a, it's I mean, a high, high risk, high reward. But, to you know, as far as fitting in with the fan base, jeez, man. He fits in with the Ole Miss fan base. You have to keep him away from sorority houses. I say let him in. He could be the coach <laughs> of the KD house. <laughs> oh, I, I'd, be, I, I, I'd, I'd be so happy. With these. I'd be, I'd be just, I'd be so excited for either one of them. I, I mean, it would be awesome. Either one. 
But I think you get a little more, you know, conservative guy with Norvell, then you might might be a little better off long term. I mean, I don't know. Do you think if we got Kiffin and he got offered his quote unquote dream job, he would leave us? I mean, you know, what do you what do you do about seeing that? I mean, you gotta you gotta think about stuff like that, you know. Oh man, I'll go help him. If he, if he can win ten games a year, I'll go help him pack his pack his house up. Move on did to the next see, one. Did you see the tweet that he put out after Alabama lost? It's no telling what he said. It was the one. It was it was it was one of those memes with the girls yelling and the cat. It was so funny. I can't remember what it said, but I was right off the road in a in a snow goose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it up while we're on the phone. I thought I followed Kiffin. Oh, I do. He's one of my favorite favorite tweeters. Dang. Dude, I'm about to piss in a bottle in my truck. This is this is painful. I can feel it in my throat. All right, hold on just a second. So he tweeted. <laughs> I'm gonna let you off. I'm gonna let you off. Just give me just a second. Uh, oh god! So he, t- <laughs> you have to admit that this is Alabama football. Auburn football always exciting. Iron Bowls, three and zero. Good luck in bowl games. Didn't have a Tua. He didn't. It's a cat meme. Cat meme. Yeah, you did. Two <laughs> many players on the field. <laughs> Tell me that's not internet gold. <laughs> Wow. All right. We'll cover some more next week because I'm sure a lot is going to be going on next week as it pertains to Ole Miss and SEC football. we got the SEC. Hey, real quick before you piss your pants, LSU, how much did LSU beat Georgia by this weekend? But when LSU gets hot, I mean, I don't. Hold oh, no, on, I, 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 I lost you for I lost you for about ten seconds. How much does LSU beat Georgia by this weekend? Bad, and and you know the thing is is that I completely whipped on LSU. I thought Burrow was a bum. I thought Orgeron was a bum. I said they weren't going to win seven games. I completely shit the bed on that. But I mean, the. When they get rolling, they're just so. I mean, they're incredible. They're they're like they're like our good old Miss team. When they get going, they just they're they're just rolling. And they got it all. They got offense, defense. They, it, you're not gonna you're not gonna do you know you're not gonna be doing something stupid. I don't know if I've ever seen or listened to. I actually watched part of it driving <clears throat> the LSU and Texas A&M game. Real quick, I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a first half between between two schools that are considered LSU more of a powerhouse than Texas A&M, of course, right now. But they they just whip their butts up and down the field, thirty one to yeah. nothing at halftime. Yeah, it, it was it was nuts. I wonder, like, when Orgeron goes home and plays with Mike the Tiger, like. What do they do? Like, do they just hang out and sit on the couch, or does he like wrestle with him or throw? Like, I get a I get a middle picture of Orgeron without his shirt and some and some like gym shorts 
throwing T-bones at Mike the Tiger in his living room. Being like, oh, we won another game. Oh, God. Hey, one more thing before I let you go. I promise it won't let you go piss. Uh, your buddy, man, Devlin, Devlin Hodges had a hell of a day yesterday uh, starting out for Pittsburgh. Beat Cleveland. He's on, he's on fire, man. Proud of him. Dude's doing good. Yeah. I know Devlin. I hope he, he, he listens to – I know he listens to all the Mondays with Rob. But anyway, congratulations, Devlin. Dude, you're, yeah, you're living get, a dream. We got to get him on the podcast live from the locker room. <laughs> he has specifically requested to be on Mondays with Rob. So, Devlin, yeah. I know you listen to this. We, we're, when you slow down just a little bit, you have to join us on Mondays with Rob. No, I think he needs to do it like right before practice or something, or before a game. <laughs> I mean, I could, I'm his hype man. Hi, Roberto. I'll let you go. Go to the bathroom. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you again for being here. I want to thank all of you that listened to this edition of the End of the Line podcast powered by DuckSouth.com. Oh, 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 oh,